0: I want to speak to you tonight about Caleb. I shared this topic of sorts with some ladies a couple of weeks ago, and it's just been burning inside of me, and I felt like somebody out there needed to hear it. Maybe I just need to hear it again. I don't know. But either way, let's just take a look. We find a story of Caleb throughout Exodus, Numbers, and also in the book of Joshua. And there is a particular passage of scripture found in Joshua 14 and 12 that says this, now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. This is Caleb speaking and he's speaking to all of the people that got to the brink of the promised land with him but were unable to cross over into it. Now you might know the story and you might not, but all through Exodus we can find over the course of about 45 years and see that God led the children of Israel out of bondage and he t- took them and delivered them and it had them walking in the wilderness where they encountered him on Mount Sinai. They were given the 10 commandments. There was all kinds of things that happened. They built the tabernacle according to his specifications. And we pick up in Numbers chapter 10 verses um, Through chapter thirteen, where it recounts the children of Israel's trek away from Mount Sinai, but before they entered the promised land, and God instructed them to take twelve men out of each one from each tribe to spy out the land, and so uh, they we find that you know if they're going to pick twelve guys, they're going to pick the best of the best. So. The tribe of Ephraim selects Joshua, the son of Nun, and the tribe of Judah selects Caleb. The entire list is found in Numbers 13, verses 4 through 15, if you're interested. But Moses um, gives these commandments to the spies and tells them, take 40 days and and track everything, look at everything and come back and tell us what you see. Well, fast forward that 40 days, 10 of the spies come back and they say, Hey, listen, this place is fat. It is exactly what the Lord said. It's flowing with milk and honey, but we've got a little problem. There's some big old giants in the land and we cannot conquer them. I mean, compared to them, we're like little grasshoppers. So there's zero chance that we're going to take this over with what we've got going on. But here comes Caleb and Joshua. And they're like, listen, we can do this. We can overcome them. Now I imagine in the 40 days that they spent looking at the the land, um, Caleb took a, a shining to a certain spot and he kept thinking in his mind, That is going to be mine. That is where I'm setting up shop. That's the prettiest place that they've got. And I want to put my little house there. I'm not sure what all of his thoughts were, but for whatever reason, he definitely honed in on this land and he wanted it for himself. So the people start to um, have an uprising against Caleb and Joshua. Matter of fact, your Bible says that they whined and they cried so much that Joshua and Caleb ripped their clothes off trying to get their attention saying, listen, with God, we can do this. But the people had it in their heads that they couldn't. They had it in their mind. Now imagine, imagine when somebody is trying to encourage you that you've already got it in your mind that you can't succeed. Does that anybody does that resonate with anyone you've already got it in your mind that you can't do the very thing that you know that you can do but you're talking yourself out of it even though you've got a couple of people that say you can you're listening to the naysayers that say that you can't and so you know joshua and caleb are upset your bible says that the people wanted to stone them because they were so mad and so the lord ends up getting so frustrated with this people that he comes right down and his glory comes down and he decides he's going to kill all of them. But then Moses stands up and says, "You know, please, please don't don't kill us all. <laughs> Just don't do that." And so the Lord says, All right, but you know what's gonna happen? You guys are gonna walk out here for a real long time and no one is gonna go into that promised land except for my servant Caleb. That's found in uh, 14 and 24. Your Bible says this, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him. Now, pause right there. I want you to really hone in on that. He has a different spirit spirit. He's not like everybody else. He's not your run-of-the-mill Christian. He's not just Sister Susie who sits on the pew and takes up space. Caleb has a different spirit about him. He's got some zeal about him. He believes the extraordinary things. He believes that I can do what I say I can do. And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what this podcast is about. That God does what he says he's going to do. If you would, I don't I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're sitting in your living room, maybe you're cooking in your kitchen, but I want you to stop whatever you're doing unless you're driving. Please keep doing that. But I want you to say these words. God does what he says he will do. Go ahead and say it again. God does what he says he will do. He He always does what he says he's going to do. You can take that to the bank. It will happen. But to continue on in this verse, he says, because he has a different spirit in him and he has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Now, Caleb followed the Lord with his whole heart. He knew that God kept his promises and he would not back down from it. He had courage The same kind of courage you find in little David, the shepherd boy, when he fought Goliath. When he recalled the lion and the bear, he was talking about small gains that led him to a great victory. He was giving his testimonies. Listen, testimonies encourage people. Stop letting the devil tell you that you don't have anything to give anybody. I don't care if you have a testimony about how you found a piece of gum on the sidewalk when you needed it. If that's your testimony, then it counts, and it can help somebody. It doesn't matter how big or how small, have something to give to somebody. God's not going to leave you stranded. He's he, When everybody else runs and everybody else walks away, you don't let go. You don't let go because you know that God can and he will. That's the kind of mindset Caleb had. Now, you might find yourself there tonight saying, you don't understand. You just don't know how hard it's been. I've been struggling. I'm hurting. I'm wounded. You've got all these things. Yeah, I, I, I understand all those things, but you know what? I read a quote the other day that has stung me, and it said this. The oppressor would not be so strong if he did not have accomplices among the oppressed. Don't sabotage your future because you can't keep your mouth shut. Because every time you get around Sister Susie, you've got to talk about what you don't have and what you've just been praying for it and believe. Stop. Stop saying that. Stop even talking about it. You start proclaiming the victory. You start speaking good things. You start saying, I will have this. I will be able to get that job. I will have health in my body. I will be blessed. I am the head and not the tail. You want to know why? Because when you're faithful, you get to claim the promises of God. And that's exactly what Caleb knew. Caleb knew, I've been faithful. I did what the Lord told me to do. And I can take him at his word that God does what he says he will do. Listen, baby, Daniel learned to be a lion tamer when he was stuck in the den with lions. Now he laid there and slept and the Lord closed the mouth of those lions But do you think he knew anything about those beasts before he got in that den? No, he did not. Esther learned to be a queen in her waiting period. Esther didn't know anything about being a queen. And when she was in her waiting period, I certainly doubt she thought, oh yes, I'm doing this so that I can sit right next to the king one day. No, she probably thought she was in an endless bout of waiting and just trying to obey what she was told to do. But guess what? God had a bigger plan. Jesus learned what it meant, what it meant to gain the strength off the word of God when he was alone and hungry in the desert. Do you think that you're going to have it any better than Jesus? I think not. You're going through walk through trials. You're going to walk through hardship. You're going to face uncertainty. You're going to not know when the next meal is coming. There's going to be times when you're going to struggle, but I'm telling you that you can take God at his word. When you are faithful to him, he does what he says he will do. Caleb was patient and persistent. Caleb waited. 45 years 45 of them Can't sit five seconds in the McDonald's line and we're ready to lose our ever loving mind because we we have spent too much time waiting on that Big Mac. We've spent too much time. That lady in that little car over there, she she got ahead of me in line. And we are upset and frazzled. And here Caleb waited 45 years for God to deliver on a promise. Do you think that perhaps during that 45 years that he might have thought, Lord, are you am I did I hear you right? Are you sure you're going to answer me? He didn't know when God would supply, but he knew he would. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will be. Caleb's mountain might not have been moved, but... God gave him a whole mountain. He didn't have to move it out of the way. Instead, he let him go to the mountain. He gave it to him. It was his possession. It was his, and God let him have it because God does what he says he will do. 1 Peter 1 and 4 says, you have an inheritance incorruptible and undefined that does not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. Just think about this. The promise is on the way. That difference, spirit. This is my favorite part of this whole idea. The word different spirit is the same time uh, throughout the word of God. Every word has a Greek and, and Hebrew meaning, but the the Hebrew meaning to spirit is ruach, And it's in your Bible 378 times. And the first time it's ever mentioned is in Genesis one and two. And I love this scripture. It says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It was like a violent force. I wish I could illustrate to you how loud that rushing wind was. (gasps) And it was just this massive and violent force hovering over the face of the deep. And that was the spirit of God. That same word spirit is the same word that the Lord himself used when he said, my servant Caleb has a different spirit inside of him. Friend, that was the Holy Spirit. It was roaring inside of Caleb. It was the kind of spirit that says, I might be downtrodden. I might be pressed. I might I might be broken. I might be hurting. I might be wounded. I might be hungry. I might be disappointed. But I refuse to relent. I refuse to give in because I know that God does what He says He will do, and I promise you that that same Spirit is alive today. And if you will dig deep, it is breathing inside of you. The Spirit of God is not gone. He's not dead. He is not dismayed. His Arm is not short, his eye is not blind, his ear is not deaf. But you hang on because I'm telling you that your promise is still on the way. God does what He says He will do. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how dark and dismal it seems. I don't care how much you've lost. I don't care how much you've got at stake. Listen, I know a thing or two about being on the bottom. I know a thing or two about waiting. I know a thing or two about feeling like you're never going to get an answer, but I promise you, you can take him at his word that when you are faithful to him, he is faithful to you. One of my favorite passages of scripture says when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He's faithful friend. You keep hanging on. And as always, as always, you know that you can trust his word.